people like exclusivity right and everything about leadership is everything about exclusivity so that these group of people who have been honored with you know they're the shepherds you, you guys know what to do but i think that's nonsense i think everyone leads and i, I think that i don't think that leadership is an exclusive club i think that um at any point someone will will be a leader someone has to be a leader hi this is orelua george taylor and you're listening to peer mental circles the podcast today i'm joined in the studio by funlola animasha hi hi Ore. thank you so much for joining me in the studio today you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> so um let me introduce the topic and the theme for this month. So the series is Young Leaders. It's the Young Leadership Series. I'm going to be speaking to um, young people in positions of leadership throughout the month of January. That will be the focus on the Peer Mental Circle's social media pages as well. So make sure that you're following us on Twitter, peer underscore mentors, and that you're also following us on Instagram, peer mental circles, one word. So today I'm joined in the studio by Funlola, and Funlola, do you want to tell us about your role and tell us a bit about yourself? I guess. <laughs> um, so my name is Funlola. I have two two personas, um, Kafil for the purpose of work and Funlola for the purpose of, I guess, everybody else. Um, I work in a bank. I lead the strategy team there. So... Um, I guess people call those roles like chief strategy officers, head of strategy, group head of strategy. But basically, I work in strategy um, for the bank. I am 31. I've been in this role now for two and a half years. Before that, I was managing a team for HM Banking. And I'm, I was pausing because I was trying to think how best to explain that. Um, so it's basically banking the unbanked and creating financial systems for the poor. Um, so I was managing that team for about two years before that. Um, so my leadership journey actually started when I was 26. Um, I was leading a team of eight people, actually, eventually eight people, but it started off as 42. Oh, wow. <laughs> 42 yeah um so interesting story about that there was a restructure restructure in the organization that meant that that team which was being incubated by another department entirely was moving into um the strategy department to be incubated um at the time i was the one with the most experience with financial inclusion because i had worked um at a not-for-profit for financial inclusion. And so it just seemed like the thing to do, Kafel is the one who knows and likes financial inclusion, so maybe she can manage it. Um, so yeah, I became the head of that team and it came with 42 people. I cried. <laughs> literally or figuratively? No, literally. <laughs> I, I, I burst into tears and I burst into tears for many reasons. One, I knew I didn't need 42 people and I didn't want to, I, like even now, as much as I have the experience of letting people go, I still, like I, it freaks me out to let people go. I hate letting people go, but I knew I had to let people go. Um, I didn't want to make that decision. I was very lucky. Oh, I've been very lucky. Um, I've had supervisors who trained my leadership. So um, I think everyone generally thinks I'm like a responsible person. I'm the first child. So, you know, I, it's first child syndrome. Yeah. But that didn't necessarily make me a good leader. I Like leading myself is different from leading other people. Absolutely. Um, so it, every time I tried to run away from leading other people, my supervisors then would force me to make that decision. So this one on letting people go, it's like, well, you can keep 42 people if you want, just have a plan for 42 people, or you can let them go if you want, but it's up to you. And I'm there like, 
why don't you just tell me what to do? Just tell me, tell me whether I should let people go. So I kept them for a while, a while being 30 days. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, <laughs> and maybe on like day 17, I realized that I was not going to be able to manage 42 people mm. that I didn't need. Like literally, there was no requirements for them. So I suggested before we let them go that they interview them to do other things if there was space, which kind of assuaged my conscience, which is really what letting people go is for me. It's like, I, I, I just, I think the country is so hard. People should have jobs. And if we can keep them, keep them. But, you know, if we can't keep them, try and find alternatives yeah. for them. And so that was actually my real first test. Um, a lot of those people today I still have contact with because we didn't, like the ones we let go, we let go into something else entirely. So they may not have been with the organization, but they started to do something else. So they weren't unemployed. Yeah. And that made me happy. Um, and I kept eight, eight people. From 42 down to eight. Yeah. Wow. In 30 days, which is why I was crying. Um, <laughs> and then my real journey started. Um, I don't think that the worst thing about leadership is letting people go. I actually think is managing people. So managing the people that stay. That stay. Um, and what makes that difficult? People are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think many factors. People have different contexts in which they exist. And they always bring that to work. Mm -hmm. Um and to then lead, you must understand those contexts and you must be able to adapt to them. So when people say, for example, create a workplace for women, it sounds like cliche, but it is very important. Um, I've, in the last few years, had to deal with issues with women in my team who have fertility issues, domestic violence, and they don't want to not work. Yeah. But the truth is they can't give them the best of themselves given the context of their situation. So yeah. how do I provide leadership for that? How, how do I tell you that? You know, I know that you just had a miscarriage and you really would like to come to work, but I think that you should take some time off without you feeling that I'm feeling pity. I, it's, it's not pity or penalizing, or penalizing yeah. you it's literally just what is best for you at the moment and just finding that balance um i'm also a big crier to be honest i'm always crying so <laughs> every time those types of things happen like you know my natural inclination is to burst into tears um and i used to really hate that before because it made me seem weak as a female leader but actually it's one of my strengths because my team genuinely can't believe that i like I'm okay to cry in front of them. I'm not it's like, yeah, I'm really upset, so I'm going to cry. Um, and when we're done crying, we can now move forward logically. And figure out and what figure to out do. what exactly is going on here. Um, I think it makes, I think it's made a difference, one, to my team becoming better. Mm -hmm. And for me, accepting that this is who I am as a leader. And I'm, embracing that yeah, as well as I'm part not, of your leadership. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be... I don't know. There's no book I'm going to read that tells me, oh, you know, you, you have to wear trousers. I, you know what? I No, I don't. I'm, this is just who I am. And this is how we're going to kind of figure it out together. Um, and yeah, just that authenticity, I think, has really, really helped in building my team and making them, building their own strengths as well, right? So if I have people in my team who are emotionally inclined, they don't feel... Um, a type of way about being emotional. They can be emotional about a situation as long as we move forward from it. Yeah, so right? as long as you're not dwelling, yeah, yeah. you can feel the feelings, but don't but sit don't there and sit, dwell, in the, yeah. dwell on them. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was my first introduction into leadership. Um, There's something that you um, said, and I'm sorry, I don't want to break your train of thought, but it's something I was thinking about on the way to the studio around not needing to be sort of hard, being able to embrace your softness mm -hmm. and incorporating that into your leadership style. Mm -hmm. So did you 
was that your approach from the beginning or did you sort of ease into that and get comfortable sort of owning, look, this is who I am. I am going to be a bit emotional. I'm going to let you know how I'm feeling, but we are going to feel it and then move on and figure out what to do next. When did you sort of get comfortable being that way and being vulnerable in that way with your team? Uh, I would say when I became head of strategy. Okay. Um, so like managing the, the agent banking team, although it was a big deal, it wasn't the whole bank. Mm. <laughs> so you're just not dealing with as much. Um, I remember the day, so I, this, like this head of strategy role, I almost feel like it was happenstance. I don't think that it was a deliberate, like I actually, as a human being, I haven't gone into work thinking, I'm just, you know, I'm going to work and become a leader. I, I just like my work, right? And I just do it. Um, and I've always been like that. I just, like, when I like the thing that I do, I just do it. Um, and I remember when this conversation about becoming head of strategy happened, I thought, again, as I said before, I've had fantastic help with building leadership. Um, and that's one thing I'm going to say as well. Having, having, not mentors, but like a system that, teaches you like a support system a support and coaches system, yeah. as well a system it's of uh, very important is it's the most important thing i think for building my style and just growing um so anyway my supervisor at the time had mentioned that this is what i'm thinking about these like you know we have succession planning and you are on the list for succession i started laughing and I started laughing because <laughs> at the time, there were three people who technically were just a bit more qualified. I didn't, I, I didn't actually see, like, I didn't get his point. I was just like, like, are you sick? So do you, was this genuine or was this like imposter syndrome? No, Is this no. objectively like, you, you yeah, know? No, objectively. Okay. I'm wondering. Like, like why me? Why me? Mm. Right. And he said at the time, on the technicalities of the job, you still have a lot to learn, but you genuinely are a good person. And this role requires someone with soul and heart, and you have it. We just need to build everything Build else. everything up, yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's, there's a lot of wisdom in what your supervisor said, you also don't want someone that can do the job 100% because then where is the room for mm. growth and development? Yeah. What are they learning and teaching others as they learn yeah. if they and already know how to do it and they know everything? That's what I've learned now. I guess yeah. it, at the time is what I did. Yeah, so at the time right. you would have been thinking, mm, but I, um, like, yeah. how am I going to do this job? But I think part of doing it well, as you've said, is learning how to do it well mm -hmm. um, and sort of And even learning the technicality. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to learn... I've had to learn so many things um, that I, so I, I used to think that I was super smart, <laughs> but <laughs> you are super smart. <laughs> but I swear on the like on the my very first meeting that I wasn't a scribe in, I was so confused. I was wondering what I don't have an opinion. I I don't and I don't have an opinion because I don't know this. So I, I don't have an answer. And so I said that in the meeting. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely just don't know. Which is another thing that I find that leaders don't do. Say, I don't know. I, I've i never thought about it. It it doesn't occur in my radar. So no, I don't know. And I remember that day, everyone laughed, including me, right? Because like it was, it was, it was a really random question. I wasn't even paying attention. In this, another thing, like my attention span is really poor, and so I had drifted off. And I just hear, Kafil, what do you think?" And I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, "What do I think about what?" <laughs> and I'm like, mm, "I sorry, sorry, I mean, I I missed that." And so they repeated the question. I was like, uh, "I don't have a thought." And the chair of the meeting was like, pardon? I was like, I, I, don't, I don't have a thought. I haven't thought about it, so I don't know. But I can come back to you. Um, which I guess is refreshing, for, even for like the older leaders, yeah. that someone is naive enough to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I'll have to come back to you. 
um, that too has helped me a lot because then people are more inclined to actually teach me just because they don't think I'm, you know, you think you know it all already. Yeah. (laughs) Also a know-it-all bitch. (laughs) I, I'm happy not to know and I'm happy to be taught. But when I do know, I am that person. Yeah. So I, I actually, yeah, I do know this and this is how I'm going to be confident about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not afraid to say that I don't know. Um, my supervisor helped me definitely ease into, ease into becoming head of strategy. And that, I think that has tested me a bit more than my very first attempt. There's just so much more involved in managing people because people... Managing people isn't just like your own small team anymore. It's managing your peers, managing above, managing external people. So um, I've had to deal more with non-bank workers um, because I guess it's my role to kind of manage those relationships. Manage those relationships. Yeah. And just manage those relationships. Um, even in this situation right i would i would never usually accept to do this i I just i don't like speaking right um i was surprised you said yes (laughs) when you said sure i was like wait what i was expecting you to say no so i'm really happy that you said yes and agreed Um, to speak and that's because this is something that i have to learn how to do so it's one of the development plans in place for me i have to be able to speak in public more for the organization. I avoid it. I I avoid it like a plague. I don't I just I just want to do my work. I I don't want just to just do the work and me. not yeah. I, I don't have any nuggets to give anybody. In fact, <laughs> I say all the time like, <laughs> like on my Twitter there was one week where a bunch of people from work followed me on Twitter. And so I tweeted that in case you're coming here hoping that I have some leadership nuggets, I don't. I'm a troll on the internet. Don't <laughs> Like, don't be disappointed that I'm not giving. If you want that, like, you know who to follow. It's just not I was going to say, you barely, you don't really tweet. I don't think you tweet so much work-related stuff. It's maybe more recreational. Not that you're even really super active (laughs) online. (laughs) You're not super active online. But yeah, so I think it was probably a good caveat to give. But, you know, it gives, again, it gives people another sort of window into what leadership looks like. It's not always going to be formal and oh. These KPIs and this is what I did in the office today and productivity deliverables blah blah blah. Sometimes your leaders oh, are just being like normal motivational people. Motivational quotes like the way of a leader is I no the way of a leader is not anything. It's just whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think definitely this role has definitely helped me ease more into this person. I am emotional. I'm expressive. But I'm also very logical and I'll move forward. Um, And that definitely came from my supervisor at the time supporting me to be that person. Um, So when he spoke about this succession and I was just like, all right, whatever. Um, When the announcement then happened, I remember the day. So I mean, they had told me, it's not like I didn't know. I knew that this was what was happening. But I still just wasn't very prepared for the actual announcement. Like for people to know yeah, and start so seeing you as head of strategy. The email went out and I, I hid under the table. I just, <laughs> I, I, it, again, on the day, my supervisor was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't actually know. What what, what am I doing? It's like, I, I this role, I'm definitely ready for it too much responsibility i want to be irresponsible um i don't want to care about people i just want to do my work and he's like yeah that you you can't be like that as well if you wanted to i mean just do your work this is and this is now your work so do it Um, (laughs) i like that (laughs) and they then started asking me about you know my team and I'm like, um, yeah, I guess. I, I guess what? <laughs> the team at the time was huge. We had many projects incubating. And they were mature enough to move into 
like their new spaces. So I was going to start a team with zero, which meant that I needed to know what competencies I needed. Okay, so you were going to have to resource the team and like pick the people that were going to be working with you. But that required me to understand what my own competencies were. And this was how like this journey started. So I started with a team of four and we are now 27. Oh, wow. Um, and I've, I'll say this, I felt like they tricked me into this. Oh, you don't worry, you could build little by little. <laughs> <laughs> it took three weeks for us to be only three. By week six, I had eight people. By week seven, I had nine. And it just kept growing until, like, I literally realized in March because of the lockdown that I, I had 27 people. And I was wondering, where did all these people where come did these from? people come from? Like, who, why? Why do I have so many people? Why? I don't like people enough. Why? So you're actually leader of a community as well now. How would you say that is different to just being leader of your own small team or your own small unit where you're just in your own bubble? And what are the differences? Again, it would be understanding people and the context with which they exist um it's like so before i used to think that you know everyone knows their work right everyone knows what the outcome is supposed to be so everyone will do their work right and also you have appraisals so if you don't do your work then you're going to be appraised Mm -hmm. as not doing your work but actually no whether people are going to be appraised you will have people who don't care about your appraisal systems. They don't actually care about the metrics that you've set. They care more about what it is that you make them feel, right? And that took me a while to understand. So motivating people beyond the formal measures. and what is more important than the actual formal measures, I find. Because I, I, and that's very interesting because I am like that. I will break rules because I can break rules. Right. So I don't know why I didn't think that other people other would people be that would way. Be that way. Um, I always laugh about managing like my small team. I like to think of them as like a team of misfits. They really are. But I love them. But the bigger team, as in the community of people, has just a huge like the diversity is astounding. Um, and I've just learned to weave and bob through that actually i think that one of the things that has helped me with that is my family i come from a big family my dad has 32 siblings oh wow um i have nine siblings so you will learn how to manage communities they're different personalities there's the auntie that insists that you call her mommy london when you're not my mommy but if you don't call her that, then it's a big family mm-hmm. problem. Or the ones who require you to send them presents every two weeks and remember that it's their birthday. I don't even remember my own birthday. So why would I remember yours? And so having that, like having that family setting kind of helped me with like settling into my work community because you it's literally the same thing. They big group of people. And all have different expectations, expectations of you. Yeah. Of, um I also think that there is some, I guess, bias towards women in, towards young women in leadership positions. Because this was going to be my next question. (laughs) It's like, how do you navigate being a younger leader Um, and also female? Yeah, that was, that one was very interesting. Again, if I didn't have the supervisors that I did, I probably would suffer a bit more. But my supervisors are very pro-competence. So they're not pro-gender. They're pro-competence. And if the competence comes from a certain gender, then so be it. Which I like. They're not... So you're not special because you're a woman. Mm. You're special because you're competent, right? Um, My very first experience of being a young female leader was someone... So someone had said something and I disagreed 
And I guess, you know, also I have like approval or non-approval powers. And so I didn't approve this thing. And they were taking it like... Trying above, to go above your over your head yeah, to get it approved. the person they took it to said, you know, what did she say? And so I said, this is why I've said what I've said. And so he says, I agree. Um, so no, we're not approving it. And a week later, someone in my team calls me like upset, like someone in my own direct team, because it was their own, like it's that sub team who had done the the work, that they went to this place and someone like they were, someone was saying very loudly that hmm, that girl has this man wrapped around her little finger that only God knows so they've already started insinuating things because you have yeah. an advocate in a senior and so, position <laughs> well we then like i heard it so i told the person i was like it's normal like this is it's something that is normal i just didn't i never thought about how it would affect like a decision that was clearly a competent decision yeah. to have been made I, like i'd heard it before but it didn't matter because mm, like i it was i was a junior and it like what, what it was was oh she's getting ahead because but I wasn't really like it's very stupid because I wasn't actually getting ahead right like my life wasn't significantly different to yours so if that's what you want to believe that I didn't care at the time but now it's like I'm like no this isn't this isn't getting ahead there's no getting ahead right there's just doing the job and doing, doing it the best the, way you think yeah, you can um and so that was my f- my first experience. And I remember telling telling um, the person who I supposedly was having an affair with that, by the way, this is what was said. And he's like, I mean, first of all, it's a good match. I actually quite, <laughs> I, I quite like that. Um, but don't allow it deter you from being competent. And in fact, don't try and fight it because... Just ignore it. Yeah. yeah. Just... Ignore it. And, you know, honestly, because I am a troll, I probably will even fuel it some more because they're very stupid, right? And so I, he became a big advocate for if this is what she said. Like, even if he disagrees, he would never let them know. It's like, we will disagree about it. But once you've come out and said this, that I'm going to back it and let, let, let everyone feel however they want to feel. So that happened the first four months. Everybody kind of, you know, mellowed on that conversation since, you know, really and truly, whenever I said no, it was no. When I said yes, it was yes. And, but then it then put me on my toes a bit more because I, I then want, like, the yeses, Make sure that you make the yeah, right decisions. Yeah, yeah. The right yeses and the right noes. Um, which can be daunting because it seems like you can't make a mistake. Um, but leaders make mistakes yeah and that that's what I was about to say there are many no's and yeses that I've said that have been wrong right and the real thing is to be able to come out and say I made a mistake and I'm changing my mind I find that we're told that you like you know be single minded and do but I, I can change my mind because they're again the context and information that come in that mean that you can change your mind right um, so you have to be okay with changing your mind. Um, so I've learned that. I've learned that as well on the way. Um, so back to the original question, which was, have I settled into my em- emotions? The answer is yes. I'm okay. Like, I'm even okay now with being told that I'm moving ahead because I'm having an affair, you know. If that's what they if want that- to think. <laughs> If it's such all. a dirty cliche. Like, I feel like almost any time um, women at work are getting ahead, it's because of something. So it's yeah. almost like the implicit assumption is that women are not competent in the workplace. And, you know, you just, you couldn't get by just yeah. by knowing how yeah. to do your job yeah. and doing it well or managing your relationships well, managing your stakeholders. Stuff that you're meant to be like doing, doing your work <laughs> rather than focusing on stupid gossip. Yeah. Um, but... I honestly used to think that, like, you know, it was exaggerated. And in some cases, it is. But for the most part, I think that competent women generally just get a bad rap. 
quite frankly. Um, if it's not that they're sleeping with someone to get ahead, they're not very nice people. I get that as well. Where people encounter me at work and they're like, oh, wow, you're not as bad as we thought. And I'm like, <laughs> why did you think I was going to be bad? bad? What is that? What, what is, what's bad? It's just like, well, that you know, you're a bit arrogant. Okay. But are you though? Or is it just... Okay, arrogance if you're being confident yeah no i am arrogant sometimes but i think most of it is also confidence is that i'm not i'm not afraid of knowing or not knowing i'm I'm not afraid of being i like the fact that you're owning the arrogance though because there's a tendency i think for women to shy away from that as well but if you're being arrogant and you know you are then oh yeah own no it. no i i actually there are moments where i choose to be arrogant and i think that those moments call for the arrogance right um we were talking just before we started about how i'm i'm small right and my voice is quiet and so it's easy to be brushed aside and so the arrogance comes out when, when i need to have presence i that's just the persona <laughs> i will take on um, so for i'm sorry i have to sort of i'm just gonna take a second to describe you so for nola is very small and as she said, I don't know how the sound is going to come out in this recording, but her voice is quiet. So she speaks with a lot of clarity and diction, but she has a very quiet voice and she does not take up a lot of space. So I can imagine that if you are in a workplace where <laughs> you need to make a point or you need to argue or challenge an idea, you don't have the advantage of the physicality of, you know, showing, making the I point don't. with your body. because I, There's not much of it. <laughs> I don't. Um and even like it's so funny because I get that all the time. Like when external people come and they like you know they've been asked to speak to the head of strategy, and I show up, and they're like, okay, so when is she coming? When, when is he? Ah, when, when is, is he? he coming? Because my name apparently seems like it's a man's name. Kafil. Yeah, it could be. It's it's like neutral. Yeah. I always get he's yes sir. The I get sir. <laughs> Yeah, or is a neutral name as Neutral, well. and then my surname is very neutral too. Mm -hmm. So, sir. So I have a question about when you are dealing with... So you mentioned before we started recording, I think, that you're the youngest person on your leadership team. So how does that play out? And what has been your experience of um, occupying a space that is maybe normally reserved for people that are a bit f more advanced in years in, in, in their careers? Um... So initially, I think that it may have been a bit of a struggle for people and me. But again, within six months, it like it kind of died down. Everyone had adjusted. Yeah, everyone had to ad adjust because nothing was changing, right? So, so I, there's no new person coming into the role. Um, this this is what you're going to get and you just have to deal with it. Um, I did get a lot of advice initially on how I should be, you know. So like you, unsolicited advice. Hey, okay. Be respectful. Because you're the youngest. Because you're young. Okay. Be respectful. Um, you know, people, I remember someone said to me, people, like you think that people want to hear what you have to say but they may not really want to hear what you have to say. So be careful what you say. So this was advice? Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that day, why has this person told me this? What, I, like I literally, I genuinely was trying to figure out what I was supposed to take away from it. Um, and I realized it was this thing of being young and inexperienced. So you just don't know that much. People like exclusivity, right? And everything about leadership is everything about exclusivity. So that these group of people who have been honored with, you know, they're the shepherds. You, you guys know what to do. But I think that's nonsense. I think everyone leads. And I, I think that, I don't think that leadership is an exclusive club. I think that um, at any point, someone will, will be a leader someone has to be a leader um so there's no that you are md or, or head of strategy is their titles and you know it 
when people shroud when people like that or people like us me shroud that conversation in mystery is to protect that exclusivity to make you feel like there's something that you don't that have you don't have yeah but actually everyone everyone has it you just have to practice it it's like everyone eventually can write yeah right as long as you are taught and you practice right um i think that everyone everyone leads in your life you lead right if you live with siblings or you live with a gitman or you live with a nanny or you're doing it at home you're doing it at home in the workplace is a bit more formal and structured but you get the hang of it eventually i don't think that well i honestly don't believe in exclusivity right i think that people should make it a bit more accessible i mean and truly not everyone is going to become like the top of but you are always going to be in situations where you have to be the leader right um for example in the time of covid the leaders at any time where there were lockdowns was whoever was working mm-hmm. right so the shop attendant became the leader for the shop for the company you can't tell that person you know after all, you're not the md so you're not a leader that person was leading every yeah. day yeah. coming to work making sure that they are wearing their mask so that they can protect your customers so your business can continue to run. Everyone, situational leadership um, is what the fancy word would be. <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> it's the perfect way of describing it. It is what, it's literally what what the word describes. In each mm-hmm. situation, you in any given situation, you may need to step up and become a leader. Yeah. So self-leadership, I think, is important there as well. Always. So, um you said that there was someone on your leadership team that told you, that basically said, we don't need to hear everything that, that, you, you, have to that you have to say. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, again, I, I guess that was also my first lesson in, in, in context, right? So maybe he meant it or she meant it maliciously or not. It didn't matter because they were speaking from a certain context and how they felt about my existence. Um, And I learned very quickly to hear it, but not assimilate. Okay, so it didn't, it wasn't going to affect or impact you and the way you showed up as a leader. Like, as I heard it, the first two days of thinking about it, I thought, why did this person say this to me? Like, well, okay, you know what? Maybe I just, I need to learn to be calm. I, yeah, they're right. I'm, you know, I'm so vocal. I never shut up. I, but honestly, like as a person, I actually have to say what I have to say, especially if it needs to be said. So I, you know, I wasn't going to lie to myself and say, you know what? Hey, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll be quiet. No, I, I won't be quiet. I would say, like, if you don't like it, that let's have a conversation about that. But I'm not going to say it because you want to feel, I don't know what you want to feel. I, no. So I'm not going to bend myself to accommodate you for something that needs to be said. So I understand emotional intelligence, which if that was what I was being told, I then that's a different story. accept yeah. that. But to say that, you know, just, People may not, I, okay, don't want to hear me then, as in <laughs> lock your ears. <laughs> but I'm still going to say what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, and I, after that, I started to listen to people in their context. So if someone says something to me, if sometimes I'll have an outburst and be like, don't tell me that. Other times it's like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. And in this tone as well, um, almost like, naive and daft just so that you can leave me alone um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i think i think young people young people always get and you always get this you know you're young and it's true there are many things so even though i say this i will say it to people as well you're young and it's a thing of experience because you can be 50 and I'd still think that, in fact, there are many, there are many people who are older than me who I'm thinking, ah, yeah, you're so young. 
and it's because I know you haven't experienced certain things, right? And so you you actually just don't know. Yeah. Right? Also, because of this shroud of exclusivity, maybe people don't talk about it. So you honestly don't know until you're in the situation. And it's like, oh, wow. Well, someone should have told me this, right? Um, but I think that people do get this, ah, you're young. I think what people should say is that you should respect experience. I was going to say, I think it's more about respect the experience of those that have been in the position a bit longer. Um, and you can respect what they have to share mm -hmm. in terms of the lessons they've learned from their experiences. But I don't think that that means that you then disrespect your own views and disrespect Definitely your own not. opinions and experiences in favor of theirs. There should be room for... For newness. Yes. Yeah. And I think I, I love that basically where people have tried to prevent you from having a space, you've just created it and said, well, I'm still going to be here sharing my thoughts and my views mm -hmm. and the expertise and experience I do have is going to is going to be included in this mm -hmm. dialogue. I think that's a great thing. And I think I think the more the more inexperienced people you have in leadership, the better for growth, right? Because your naivety will propel some form of change or you'll always be help, curious. Yeah, or help help people think a certain way, right? I get it now. I, I get it now even with my team where I I say I know, right? Again, that's that you see leadership and experience all coming <laughs> in. But like I know that this pathway you're going on, this is the outcome, right? And I want to tell you don't do that. But sometimes the outcome is a result of my own reaction at the time where you may react differently and the outcome is different. And so rather than say, this isn't going to work, I ask you to create as many scenarios as possible so that if this pathway doesn't work, we're not stuck completely. And if, and in, to be honest, if we are stuck, we'll come out of it. So. You know what's beautiful about this? So at the beginning of this conversation, you said that when you first got put into a leadership position, you just wanted the answers and you didn't want to have to, you didn't want to be accountable or to take responsibility or to have to make those decisions. And now you're a leader and you are also not telling people what to do. You're just asking them questions and getting them to think through different scenarios and different solutions. Yeah. So you can see that actually exactly yeah. what you were given is what, <laughs> exactly what you got is what you've got to give yeah. Um, yeah. to help um, the next set of leaders grow and develop. And I think it's, it was a fantastic gift I was given. Um, you shouldn't... Honestly, the best leaders can't tell you what to do. They allow you to find out. Especially... So I don't know about leading in countries that work. But if you're leading in Nigeria, <laughs> you have to be as dynamic as possible. So you best allow people use their brains, right? Because you're not always going to be there. And in fact, you don't always want to be there. I, I can't imagine um, there's, I, I can't imagine that there's something going on and say my son is in hospital and you're calling me. Why? Like I, I'm living my life. So I actually need you to Pick be this the up. leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. And I will support whatever it is that you decide rather than calling me every two seconds to say, should I write with a pen or a pencil? <laughs> do you want me to type or hand? Do whatever you want, right? Um, so yeah, I, I'm really glad that at the time I got told to do whatever I wanted to do um, because that definitely has helped me think a bit deeply, a bit more deeply about my actions and create those scenarios. So if I do this and this happens, what do I do? Right. So um, it's like leading with intent because mm -hmm. you know that just having freedom doesn't mean that you can make any decision yeah. because the consequences and the outcomes still matter. Um, and yeah. it sounds like that's the key lesson that you, it's the key thing that has been sort of passed down to you. And it's the thing that you're then sharing. It means that if, you know, for whatever reason you can't be around and people are free to make whatever decision they want, there's still limits that they have to put in place because the outcome and the consequences mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. 
So there's some beauty. It just feels very organic. Like it sounds like a very sort of organic, learning as we go sort of way of leading your team. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, honestly, for... And this may also work because of the job I have, right? It may not be the same in a role that requires um, st- strictness, mm. right? Although, honestly, I'm thinking about it and I don't know what role <laughs> requires that people don't use their brains. I, I I don't know. That every job requires it. It's just whether yeah, or not people choose to engage. Choose to, and the extent to which the consequences of them deciding affects an outcome, right? So um, in banking, for example, in operations, and, and that's why I dialed back because before this role, my, my previous role required operations. And typically in operations, it's like routine work. Yes, automated and it's yeah, going, through it's the, doing, going through the motions, motions of doing, yeah. And you think that there's no time where people need to use their brains, but there was one situation that really required someone's brain to be awake. If not, I was going to lose a lot of money. Thankfully, I had this, you know what, do what you want and let me know after situation going on because that's what really saved us, that the person, the, in the moment, the person was like, oh, if I don't do this, like I can't find this money, right? So I need to do this to be able to find it. But it was out of like the policy scope. That's not their job. Like it's not even not their. They're not allowed to do that. But there had been a breach, and so she breached the she she breached her own protocol because there was a systemic breach. So there was right? a need to do there that. Was a need to do that. But there are situations where you will find people who won't think beyond won't that. Think beyond. It's like I'm not supposed to do this, so I'm not going to do do this, and. That's a function of their leader. Yeah. Because the leader too, even if the outcome was good, it's like you shouldn't have done that and then they get into trouble for doing that. So they then don't do it. Whereas they should have, people should be encouraged to use their brain. So I, I, although I recognize that there are roles where you will be strict about policies and procedures, yes. I don't think that there is any role that can be so strict about policies and procedures that you don't think that through. You don't think through yeah. what you're doing. What is the outcome yeah. and what are the consequences? Um, so yeah, that I, I think I guess what it is is I'm lucky in my role. I can be freer than most, um, but I don't believe that there's any role that honestly takes away your freedom of thinking. No, I think that. So I think that. Um, it sounds like you've made a choice, though, to work in a more sort of free, flexible, adaptable way. So I agree completely that there, there shouldn't really be any role where there's no room for creativity, no room for independent thought, no room for to scrutinize the way things are done or to improve things. Um, there are definitely roles that come with maybe more limits and rules. But even within those parameters, there is still room for you to think about how to do things better, how to prevent the bad things from happening or how to help make the good things happen. Um, but as you've said, it, it does depend on the leaders that you have, how much freedom and autonomy they give you and whether or not they're focused on you following the process or achieving the outcome and the consequences that you want. So, But it sounds like, I mean, I don't know how how much you've thought through it or whether or not you've just kind of done it, but it definitely sounds like you've made the choice to go yeah, so in the direction I'm 100% of freedom. going to say that I didn't think through it. So it's just more like of a natural... It's, yeah. it's So again, this goes back then to your personality and working with, you know, this is who I am and this is how I'm going um, to work. Yeah. I love that. I don't, I don't think that... I, I think maybe I'm now becoming more deliberate about that. So the newer... So people who started my team with me are completely different to the people who have joined my team as I've grown. Yeah. Right? So I mean, we laugh about it now. I think my first set have seen me cry more times than the next, <laughs> set. the next set think I'm like strict and stoic, which is really funny, right? Because they, they, they're not coming, like they've joined the journey late. Yeah. So they didn't see so the early. first set, I, you know, I don't, 
they even they find like they point out my growth. They're like, wow. <laughs> Look at where we're coming yeah, from. You know, this is growth. Like, you know, if I if I if I don't join them in a meeting, they're like, wow, you didn't join in. This is growth. <laughs> but the thing is, initially I was doing that so that I could look like I didn't know. They didn't they didn't believe that I didn't know. But I didn't know, right? So and you were joining to learn as well. Yes, but and that's another thing. Because people don't say that they don't know, people are shocked when their leader says that they don't know, right? So in fact, it can be a problem. It's like, so are you incompetent or what? <laughs> <laughs> or they think it's a mind game it's or a like, test. Yeah, like, what like, is going what on What do you here? mean you don't know? But I, do, I honestly just don't know. So now they're so used to it. Like, they literally, like they can predict when I... So there are things that they know I don't know right so they'll even say they'll say to a third party like don't worry we'll deal with it don't ask her and she's just not that's just not her thing she's just not going to know it <laughs> like you're wasting your time at, like, don't worry we'll deal with it right and then they'll explain like they say to me oh this is what this is and i'm, I'm okay with that right? so this is what i was saying um before we started recording around you have a team because there should be subject matter experts within mm-hmm, your team. Mm-hmm, if you're expected mm-hmm. to know everything about every process all the time, there'd be no reason to have anyone else yeah. doing stuff. So I guess part of leadership is also trusting the people that work with you yes. and for you to do their jobs well and to know yes. what they're doing. So you have to build the competencies and then trust that they're applying those to the And to I the think roles. that there's also like having confidence. That trust is really important. I got that, right? And I continue to get it, to be honest, um, when decisions are made. And it's like, well, this is the decision she's made, so this is the decision she's made, right? Um, and I think it's important to extend that to your team as well. It builds their confidence. Um, it, it improves their expertise, right? Because you know that I'm trusting you for this decision right if it's a really bad one it looks bad on all of us so there's no it looks bad on me alone like everyone looks bad yeah so if you think about it if i act badly it tells on the person who's supervising me and then people don't take that person seriously which means that we don't get things because they don't like the chain isn't worth it so you always be on your a game right um, so everyone has to be mindful of you. Everyone has know. to be mindful of everyone yeah. else. It's the same thing for the organization in entirety, right? Even if I hated my organization, unless I don't want people to be a part of my organization, or I want to shut the organization down, I must always present it in a good way. Yeah. Right? Um, so it, it's a ripple effect. A leader who doesn't trust his people doesn't allow those people gain him customers that can then trust him. You know, why would I why would I why should I trust you if you don't trust the people that work, that for, work you. for you? Good point. Right? Um, this is I mean, business owners maybe need to think about that as <laughs> a bit as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because why should you trust a brand or a company if they don't trust, trust their, employees? their employees? What does that say about yeah? Right. I think it's, it's the most... In fact, it's one of the reasons I work where I work. Um, Trust. People. People. People are the most important thing to the organization, right? So, yeah, there's just that you are important, right? And because you are important, everything else should kind of just fall into place um it's it's one of the things that we're we're building right as an organization and i think it's really important as again especially in nigeria where it's dynamic right and you don't know what's going to happen it's good to have some form of consistency in the thing that does work and just leave people to to do what they're doing, right? Um, I like that. I like that. 
So as you've been talking, I've been trying to take notes of some of the key things that you've pointed out in this conversation. Um, so what I'm going to do is just read out what I have taken from what you've said. And I'd love for you to maybe share which you think is the most important. And also you can tell me if I'm completely off or not. So in terms of your own leadership style or your own experience of and journey to leadership, these are some of the things that have stood out from what you said. So the first one is around authenticity. So being authentic, um, staying true to who you are and owning that and trying to sort of encompass that in the way you lead your team. Or if you're a leader of a community, you do that. Or even if you're just leading yourself, like so self-leadership. The second one is around compassion. So showing care for the people that you work with and the people around you, being accommodating and understanding the context of, you know, what's going on with them. So if someone's coming in late all the time or if they're dealing with something at home, how is that going to affect their work? Are they okay? Should they be at work? That's the next thing I took from what you said. Um, being confident in what you know and humble about what you don't know. So for the things that you do know, say them proudly and don't shy away from being the expert. But where you don't know something, don't be too proud to ask the experts or to just say, look, I don't know, but I'm going to go and find out. Um, the fourth thing I've got here is listening to people uh, in their context. So this, is, again, I think this ties in with compassion. Um, and then the fifth is don't be afraid to say you don't know. So we've talked about these again. And the sixth is trust your team to make the right decisions. So if you've got the right competencies and skills and experience in your team, then you can trust them to do the right thing because they're going to be focused on the outcome and the consequences. And then the final one is to recognize the importance of your people. Um, and we've talked a bit more about trust there too. So you need to have the right people in the job, but once they're there, let them do the job, let them do the work and don't make it difficult for them to do that. So if you think about this list, what do you think is the most important thing for you? Um, first of all, Sounds so intelligent. I can't believe that you had all those points. <laughs> <laughs> this came from you. I'm just literally writing down um, what you said. I, I want to say compassion. And I want to say compassion because in leading people, you need to understand people. And the way to do so is to have empathy and compassion. Um, I think very closely followed would be your self-awareness. Um, sometimes I think it's a bit of a chicken and an egg, right? Do I know people so much and I don't know myself? And in any case, it's not a good thing. So I think as you learn, in fact, I had um, leadership coaching this in 2020, Um and my coach said to me that she found it very refreshing how self-aware I was, but that she also liked that I liked people. But I actually like to think that I don't like people. I mean, you say this. I think even when we met and we've known each other for a few years, you almost gave off this impression that you don't like people. And then the more I've got to know you, the more yeah. I see that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I know people that work for you, so it's clearly not true. So I don't know. Maybe there's just certain types of people that you don't like. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Because I honestly genuinely feel like I, I don't just happy on my own. But, you know, honestly, managing people means that I've had to like them or at least care about their existence um, to make sure that things get done. Um. And I think where self-awareness has helped me is owning who I think I am and learning what my flaws are so that they don't drive that conversation with people, right? So I'm upfront about the things that I feel I weakness for me. Um, but I think my biggest success, peace of mind, has come from understanding people and having compassion and I guess learning about myself on the side. Um, I think those two things are really important because when you have those two things, the rest of the things kind of fall into place. Yeah. You trust, you will um, 
listen you like those things will fall into place um if you if you don't have those two then you know everything else everything can't really else be there can't really be there um so that's what i'd say that that c- compassion empathy understanding people emotional intelligence i guess again is the big word that everyone uses but i yeah just knowing knowing people and understanding that they are different people people aren't the same um that kind of helps i think also maybe i've learned that from managing toddlers because <laughs> <laughs> um, they they for example have no respect for your experience agency whatever they um, just are who they are they right are who they are and you have to learn how to manage that yeah i started managing a team right after i had my daughter in fact funnily enough i've had to I've had to ascend leadership positions from like maternity, like literally. So coming back from maternity leave and yeah, boom, hey, here's through. your new team yeah, and here's your like, new job. Yeah, twice, like both both my roles, I came back into them from, I'd been away from work for a long time. Actually, maybe that's why, now thinking about it, maybe that's why I burst into tears because <laughs> I was thinking that this is too much. Um, but yeah, both, both my leadership roles have come as I came back from maternity leave. Um, so maybe that helped me with like being a bit more patient or considerate of people because children are crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think definitely compassion um, and then that self-awareness and authenticity. Yeah. So um, let me ask a question and I don't, I can't really put a time frame on it because I don't know what progression will look like in your organization. But let's say a few years from now, um, you are asked to step up and become the MD. Maybe your MD is off to do something else or decides to take their career in a different direction. Are you going to run from it and hide under the table? Or do you think you'd be willing to rise to the challenge as you have done so far? I'm having palpitations as you ask I don't know. And I don't know because as as i have grown and experienced i i don't know that i'm an md i feel like i'm a, i'd make a better coo not a ceo but i don't know right so it's another example of um saying you don't know rather yeah. than just offering an answer um I, I i definitely like to think of myself as like a quiet worker in the background and ceos you know there's a presence you need to have yeah and i i don't even know that i want it um but that's the same thing i said about the role i have now so it'll be interesting to see what the future holds yeah so i mean keep listening guys because we may be back in a few years talking to the ceo of a bank who knows yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, as i said definitely having palpitations as you say because <laughs> I, I i can't i can't it's so different it's so different. Um, but we'll see. Maybe in two months, I'll feel like I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I definitely think that um, I, I, I don't see myself not being in like a lead role that's influential. Mm. I, I definitely, I don't think that I won't be. Um, I feel like it's even my pathway i just need to be a bit more confident about that and embracing it yeah be okay with it i i do shy away from i shy away from those things just because i want to be responsible (laughs) (laughs) so um is there anything else that you want listeners to know about being a leader well it's not that big a deal Right. Um, And I say that and it would seem like I'm watering it down. But I think it's important for people to know that it's not that big a deal. And if it comes, just take it, run with it um, and learn. I don't think that 
I honestly don't think that there's one pathway to follow. I think just going with it when it comes is probably the best thing. And have your support system, right? And your support system does not have to be other leaders. It's your friends, um, your colleagues, even those who you're supposed to be leading are part of your support system. Have a support. Like, everyone needs a support system. Um, and yeah, it'd be those two things. One, it's not that big a deal. Two, have a support system. Three, rock it. Yeah, three, <laughs> like, kick ass. <laughs> that, that'd be... That'd be it. Um, I think also, I'm going to say this specifically for women. Don't be ashamed of being arrogant or confident or any of those things that they tell you to not be because it will make you seem unapproachable. It doesn't. People are just afraid because they can't believe that you're okay with being that person. Be that person, right? You're smart. You're competent. You're an expert own it um, specifically for women and I say that because men whether they're competent or not <laughs> always <laughs> always will embrace like the role that's not their own I, I see it all the time like you can tell that this guy is struggling but God forbid that he shows you anything apart from this bravado in front of you so women be like that too it's okay right You'll grow into whatever it is that they, they're talking about. You, you go and learn it just like the men do. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that you were um, willing to share your leadership journey. I'm still in shock, honestly, but I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful. 2021 is... New year, new you. New year, new me. <laughs> we're off to a great start. So thanks for joining me on Peer Mental Circles, the podcast. Um, I would say, yo, if you want to follow Funlola, but she's really not active on social media. <laughs> so you're just going to have to enjoy this enjoy podcast. On, yeah, on Peer Mental Circles. Yeah. So thank you. Um, thanks to everyone that has tuned into this episode. I hope you've learned something. I definitely have. I'll be back again soon with another episode as part of the Young Leadership Series for Peer Mental Circles. Until then, this is Oreolua George-Taylor, host of Peer Mental Circles, the podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.